Hello everyone, welcome to episode 30 of Words of Grace podcast. I'm your host as always, Beth Zena. Um, can't believe it's been 30 episodes, that feels like a lot. Uh, I appreciate everyone who's been listening along and encouraging me in this endeavor. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Um, anyways, so last week we talked about, um, some misapplications, I think, that people try to encourage young adults with, um, the idea that we should just follow our dreams and follow our hearts, um, and we ultimately came to the conclusion that, well, that's all well and good, uh, we need to focus our efforts on following the Lord first, so I just thought that was very encouraging, I really, really enjoyed those thoughts, and um, I hope if you haven't listened already, you can go back and listen to it, because it was a very valuable lesson. Um, so this week, we're actually going to be starting another mini-series, um, and this one is about um, walking in the light. So without further ado, let's get started. The Bible is riddled with metaphors. I guess it just paints a better picture for our mind's eye. Various metaphors are used in reference to God's people. We are called light, salt, priests, and branches, and those are just a few of the metaphors found throughout the Bible. My favorite among these is light. I love the reference to light because it suggests that we have a little bit of God in us. We reflect his light because he is light. Notice these verses from creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. That is found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Light as we know it, the sun, moon, and stars, was created on the fourth day. But the light that was created on day one was light without any other illuminating agent but God. God, being the very embodiment of light, parted the darkness and created light simply by the essence of his nature. I visited many caves and caverns as a young girl vacationing with my parents. I remember a particular cave that was extremely dark. Once the visitors traveled to the innermost part, the park ranger turned out the lights for all to experience the darkness that enveloped the cave. It was the type of darkness that could be felt. At the time, my father commented that this must be similar to the darkness of hell. Thinking back on it now, I realize that this is not true. Even in the darkest corners of the world, God's light is still there. We do not know a world without God in it, or darkness without his presence. The many illuminating bodies that are associated with God and his presence are within our universe. We see these heavenly bodies every day. The sun, moon, planets, and stars not only serve as a physical reminder of his presence on earth, but they also serve as a symbolic reminder of who God is and what he represents. Light. Jesus' purpose on this earth is summed up so beautifully by what he says in John chapter 12 and verse 46, which reads, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Are you reflecting his light? Have you stepped out of darkness and started walking in the light? One of my favorite verses is Ephesians 5 and verse 8. It reads, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Paul continues on to say in verse 9, For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. 
Don't you just love that? If we abide in all that is good, right, and true, we are walking in the light. I encourage you to walk in this way. Not only does the world need you to, but the world needs to see you, too. We will never know whose path we might illuminate when we shine brightly for others to see. I encourage you to walk as children of light and to shine bright. So before I start the next portion of the lesson, I just want to first read Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. In this passage, we are called to make Jesus' purpose our purpose in two ways. By illuminating darkness, as I've just finished discussing, and preserving souls, which is what I'll spend the next few minutes discussing now. So let me read Matthew 5 and verse 13 again. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Are you a good influence, or are you influenced easily by others? It may depend on the saltiness of your character. So in eastern North Carolina, where my family lives, you don't have to travel far before you find someone having a good old-fashioned pig picking. My uncle has mastered cooking a pig on the grill, and it has become an annual event for the family each fall. They invite friends and neighbors to feast with them and share in the tradition of good food and good times. The secret to the great pig picking is how you strike the pig. Although striking the pig tenderizes the meat, it is not done with sticks or cleavers, but with salt. The best pork you will ever eat is when the pig is rubbed down with just the right amount of salt that it finds its way under the skin and begins influencing the meat. In this case, the influence is a good thing. It seasons, tenderizes, and preserves the meat. It is the same with the Christian and the world. The saltiness of our character depends upon the degree to which we influence the world. The degree to which our saltiness can find its way under the skin of others and influence the soul. Through our love and actions, are we able to tenderize hardened hearts? Through our words of grace, are we able to soothe troubled souls? We need to strive to be such an example to others. Gospel teaching is best reinforced by gospel living. I sometimes wonder if we think enough about our ability to influence a world bound for destruction and how we can help to sustain it until all have come to repentance. Notice what Peter says in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. The Lord is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Peter follows up with this in verse 11. Knowing that things will happen, what sort of people ought we to be in all holiness and godliness? What kind of people should we be? We need to be salty ones. We need to be a people who are busy influencing the world around us. Those who haven't lost their savor. Those who are preserving a world so that all can come to repentance. Be that influence, live godly and holy, and learn to strike that pig. So that is all I have for today. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Words of Grace podcast. Um, 
I hope that these thoughts on how we should be living our life and walking in this world were encouraging to you all. And um, I hope it continues to encourage you throughout the rest of the week. Um, if you want to send any questions or comments on these lessons, um, feel free to follow us on Facebook. You can search Words of Grace Podcast and like our page. And once you do that, you are able to write on our wall or send us any messages with questions you may have. So thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great week.